This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Today's class is called Discovering Your Unique Personality. I was in Williamsburg speaking to a large oilum of uh, men, and I asked one of the I asked one of the men there. I, mean, I asked the whole group. I said, "Who's a mechanech?" And a bunch of people raised their hands. Seems to be a popular position. And I asked, uh, I said, any of you was a mechanech of, any of you are a mechanech of, of Kitagan, of little, little, little three, four-year-olds. And uh, a couple of them raised their hand. And so I asked one of them, I said, so how many kids in the class? He says, 40. Can you imagine 40, uh, 44-year-olds? So I can imagine 44-year-olds, not 44-year-olds. And... And so I said, I said, tell me, are any of those two kids alike? At which point he said, there's no two kids alike. Like, there's not even overlap between the kids. Every kid's his own chaya, his own wild card, and each one with its own personality. And then I said, Okay, and raise your hands if you're a Rebbe of Kitates. When the kids get their hats. And, and a couple of those guys raised their hands and I asked them, are any of those two kids different? And he said, no. They're all the same. In fact, anything that's even remotely different about them, they will, they will self-amputate. Like anything that's, that's even a bit unique, a bit unique, a bit different, they'll slice it off. This is good news, by the way. <laughs> it may not sound very nice, but it's good news. And the good news is, is that we all have inside of ourselves a beautiful child that's full of unique personality. It's inside of each one of us. I'm sure it's shining through in all kinds of ways. You know, it's going to shine through. But each one of us has that. What would be important for us is to embrace it. And to get to know our beautiful child. Now, it's not so simple, obviously. To Getting to know your beautiful child is like... I mean, first of all, it's got a major subject. Thank you so much. First of all, it's got a major subject, and that is that, that you're... Um, is that you, you may not be sure you're, you're willing to... You know, meaning you may be scared of how people are going to accept that beautiful child. I mean, you already know how much you're accepted for how you are today, but what if you allowed your unique personality to shine? Would you still retain your same amount of acceptance in the eyes of others? The other thing is, how do you discover the beautiful child? Like, how do you even get to the beautiful child? It's been a lot of years. A lot of years. I had a I had a uh, I had a great Gemara Rebbe many years ago. Um, 
you know, I'd, I'd moved to Jerusalem. I learned Aleph base at 23 years old. And now I'm learning, sitting and learning Gomorrah, or learning how to learn Gomorrah. And uh, can you imagine being 23 and learning how to learn Gomorrah? I mean, it's like, I mean, in the way you could say there's two types of Bali Chuba, those who broke through the Gomorrah barrier and those who didn't. The ones who didn't are the cute, cute Bali Chuba that you see that are so sweet and, you know, holding their sitter upside down and, and they're, they're just, you know, their kids are Baruch Hashem, their kids are B'nai Torah, but they themselves. Anyway, my, my Rebbe Sar was suffering. My Gemara Rebbe Sar was suffering badly, and he, he finally looks at me and he says, what did you love to do? What did you love to do when you lived in California? And I said, well, I loved surfing. And so he's thinking, hmm, we're in Jerusalem here. Uh, what else did you love to do? And so I said, I loved mountain biking, which is, you know, riding bikes in the forest, you know, down the mountains. And he says to me, you're officially thrown out of my Gomorrah until you buy a mountain bike. And I said to him, where am I going to get a mountain bike? They don't even have mountain biking in Israel. He says, research where you can buy a mountain bike in Israel. So I found a place north of Tel Aviv place called Ramat HaSharon that has a mountain bike store. So the next morning I took off. I went in a bus to Ramat HaSharon, laid out a couple hundred bucks to, for a mountain bike. Next day I, I got it back by the evening. Next morning I go into my Gomorrah share and he says, what are you doing here? He says, did you, did you get a mountain bike? I said, I did. He, he says, did you ride it? I said, I haven't had time yet. He says, get out. He threw me out of, cl- out of this year again and put on my helmet, put on my shorts and a t-shirt and went out into the mountains. And, and I rode. And there's, there's a part of my unique personality that is, there, there's like a, it's like this beast within I, I personally, in my unique personality, even as a child, as a little child, I had this like, I have this like lion inside. And I got out to the forest on that bike and the, and I unleashed the lion. I uncaged my lion and just went flying through the forest. And then I came back to my Gomorrah share the next day and I was like, I was good. And I went out three times a week. I'm, I'm still going out three times a week now for 30 years. My sons are all trained mountain bike riders. And I rode last week in the, where did I ride last week? Jerusalem Forest last week. And that unique personality of mine is here. It took me a while to retrieve it, but I got it back. Every person, as I said, has a beautiful child inside. And it's really important that the beautiful child within you, that you find the child and that you nurture that child, that you take care of that child within you. And, and I doubt anyone here has to go buy a mountain bike, so you're, you, know, you don't have to worry about that. But, but there's a unique personality inside of, inside of all of us. Now... I had another issue. 
because the Gomorrah share, as you heard, was not going so well. But I had a whole other thing. I had litfish davening. Lions don't like litfish davening. In fact, our Rebbe, the Prince Kalina Rebbe, his name's Aryeh. His name is Lion. And we roar. We don't whisper. Okay? We don't treat davening like a library. That's why when, I, when I'm in America, I almost exclusively daven in Satmir when I'm here. I'm always in Satmir. Why? Because the they Pesukadizimra has got a cold to it. There's a cold in Pesukadizimra. And, it, and, it, and it'll keep getting louder and louder as long as you know people just keep going. They'll get louder and louder. And then I start to feel at home. And then after a while, I, I, can, I can't roar. But I can get, at least get my voice out. So when I was first, become, you know, when I got to Jerusalem, it was all whispering. And the tefillahs, and, and with Bali Chu, it's extra whispering because they're so self-conscious about their horrible havara, you know, their, their accent in the Hebrew is so horrible that they're super self-conscious. And so it's even quieter than quiet in the Domini. And, and I was in there, I was just suffering because I had this, I had to get it out. And I and when I discovered Carlene, I was it was like instant love at first sight. I was home, and uh, never left. It's already decades. I'm I'm in there, I'm part of the community, and it was all because of that davening, all because of that that it, that it matched that that unique child within me. So the first step of this process is to find the child in you. And I'm going to take you a little deeper on that. Maybe I'll take you a lot deeper. We'll see how it goes. But to go a little deeper on that is like this. Well, you know what? Let's take one of you for an example. Uh, anyone here have a uh, two-year-old toddler? Two-year-old toddler? You got a two-year-old toddler? Excellent. What's the What's the name? Leah? It's a girl? Leah. Okay. And are there other nefashas in your house? Okay. We don't need to know how many. Baruch Hashem, they should be well. Okay. So they got a bunch of nefashas in your house. And you got Leah, who's two years old. Now, oh, I'm not saying the name right? Three years. She's three already? She's three years old. Okay, three is pretty good. Is there a baby? You know each other? Okay, but, but her name is Leah? And three, three. Okay. Um, so here's the question. Of all the nefoshas in your house, who cries the most? You're, you're out of the house that much? Did she drag you to Shabbos Kervtuni? Someone's. You know, I notice with the couples, there's always, not every couple, but a lot of the couples, there's one who's excited to come to Shabbos Kervtuni and the other one's kicking and screaming. You can like see at the entrance of the hotel, you can see like finger marks in the ground, you know, from her pulling him in by, her, by his legs, or vice versa. You know, just on that subject, it's so interesting that that people are afraid to grow. 
It's so interesting that people are afraid to grow. It's so weird. Like, like, would you ever grow for the worse? Would you grow for the worse? That's part of it. Would you ever grow for the worse? Does it even make any sense that I grew for the worse? You know that that um, I was explaining to people. You know, I have a seminar. Yeah, you know, I have a seminar called the Possible You. So, the um, my whole schedule should be. Um, oh, it's up here. My whole schedule for the summer. So it'll be. Um, I still have Lakewood, Borough Park, uh, Brook, Lakewood, Brooklyn, and Muncie coming up. So. I just finished uh, Borough Park for Men. Bro- uh, Brooklyn Women's going to be coming up. Anyway, so I was explaining to the people that you know we're doing serious growth, and and they're scared that the growth they get they're going to lose when they get a, go back. Right? I'm doing all this growth, I don't want to lose it. So I told them something very interesting. Who is the most dangerous person for your growth? Meaning, who's the, who's the one most likely going to hold you back? Someone who's distant from you or someone who's close? Which one? Close. The closer the person is to you, the more likely they'll tear you down and try to get you back to the way you were. It's the weirdest thing. But the closer they are to you. Meaning, if they're just acquaintances, meaning just people you know in the, in the community... They'll just be like, they'll probably speak about you. Hear what I? Look who's look who's the big malach in tefillah now, because a lot of the graduates suddenly like Shmona Esri is like three times longer after they finish the seminar, and uh, or, the, or he's now he's going to mikvah all of a sudden. You know, he wasn't going to mikvah anymore, and no one knew because they just figured he's going to another mikvah. But all of a sudden, there he is in the mikvah every single morning, and they're like, look who look who found out about Negelvasser, you know, so. Anyway, the um, so people will speak if they're distant. If they're close, they'll say. They'll, what happens usually is they're like something's different about you. I don't know what it is, but something's different about you. If they're close, they'll speak to you yourself. But if they're your closest people, they'll literally tear you down, so that you can get back to the way you were. And that's loved ones. So I told them, I told my group about this. I told them that this is this is what they're up against. A guy raises his phone with a text from his wife. This is a Williamsburg guy. He raises his phone with a text from his wife. It says, "Please don't change. I love you how you are. I am so scared. Don't change." That literally verbatim. That was the text. Please don't change. I love you as you are. I'm so scared. Don't change. I know you, you're, you're used to people who are, ups, you know, parents who are very upset if their kid fries out, right? Those parents are very upset. Sadly, they're more embarrassed than upset. Yichap. <laughs> Sadly, they're more embarrassed than they are upset, which is the whole etzim of pro- the problem where it all started in the first place, that they were more thinking about Yenim than uh, how the kid's doing. They weren't taking care of the kid. They were taking care of their reputation. 
But you want to know something that upsets parents even more? Fry parents whose kid becomes froom. You have no idea. It's crazy what happens. Because the, the people who become froom, don't, don't think I'm talking about myself right now, but the average person who comes froom has to be super smart, which means they probably went to like Harvard, Princeton, or you know, some other amazing school. They spent a fortune, the parents spent a fortune on their education. Because they got that education, how do you get that education unless you're super rich to begin with? So they're wealthy families, and they're, the kid themselves is being literally like, uh, what's the right word? Shaped. I'll use, I don't have the right word. So being shaped to be running the father's law firm or whatever it is. Next thing you know, the kid's like won the fiddler on the roof lottery. You know, and the parents are like, you have no idea. Like they'll, and they get ruthless, and some of them are very powerful. And they can have government coming after, after the, like, the shul where the kid's going, like the place where he became Balchuva. Like they can have him. We've gone through so much over these kids. And we're like, we're like if that kid doesn't come to Shachris, we're ready to kill him. Because you understand, like the kid wanted to sleep in one day. He has no idea what we're dealing with because he became a Balchuva in our, in Eshatur or Samea, wherever. They really freak out. So you know what I do? The kids are starting to feel a lot of pressure. They're saying, maybe I shouldn't be froom. Maybe I should stop. I said, do your parents really have an issue with you becoming froom? And they're like, I said, do your parents know anything about froom kite? They're like, so how can they be upset? So you realize they're not upset that they're becoming froom. What are they upset about? It's the same reason why your growth scares your spouse. And why is it? So listen carefully. I'm going to go very deep now. Now I'm going to go very deep. Human beings have no idea who they are. Any of you want to stand up out of your chair and tell me who you are? Exactly who you are. Go ahead. Sam, tell us who you are. Go ahead. Let's hear who you are. You realize we have no idea who we are. We have no The only reason I'm up here and you're down there is because I admit it. So because I know I have no idea who I am, I've gone to very far with that. But everyone else, and especially when you turn around three, three and a half, four, and your brain develops enough that you start to become self-aware for the first time. How do you know a kid becomes self-aware? Because the kid says, Nusim David's hungry. And you're like, oh, Nusim David's hungry? Nusim David wants some. And then all of a sudden, like somewhere between three and four, he says, I'm hungry. Who's I? <laughs> what happened to Nussin Dovin? And the answer is, he got developed enough in the brain that the brain realized that there's an I besides the other. And so he's not just Nussin Dovin. He's, I'm hungry. There's an I. And when you get an I, it is seriously the worst day of your life. Probably one of the biggest crises, anyone in this room, myself included, that any of us ever had in our life. Seriously. One of the biggest crises your nephish ever had your whole life was discovering there's an I. You know why? Because you just spent the last three years being no one. <laughs> the reason why Laya cries the most, she laughs the most, she's, she's the saddest and happiest person in the house. She's the most loving 
She's the most self-expressed. She has the least fear of rejection. She has the least fear of failure. She has the least fear of being controlled by others. She's totally satisfied. It's, it's a wild thought. How, it's amazing. That's why I'm telling you that there's a child in you that's so on fire. I mean, if, if I took p- jumper cables, you know, that you start a car with, if I took jumper cables and, and clipped them on your earlobes, we could power all of the tri-state area. From you. There's a nuclear power plant in you, but it, there's such a gigantic hutsitsa on it. Because when you got three, three and a half years old, all of a sudden, it was like, I. <laughs> and I've got three years of zero development. And everywhere I look are somebodies. Because your older brothers, sisters, they've already become somebody. The, the Rebbe, the Chaydu Rebbe, the, the, the learn in school, the, the, uh, the, the parents, the community, the neighbors, Mr. Goldstein, the, the barber, the fireman, the policeman, everybody, somebody except for me. And it's a panic. And then all of a sudden, and it's the worst feeling if this happens in Cheder, it happened to my Einikel. I'm, I'm flying back to Miron on uh, next Thursday. I'm flying back from the airport straight to Miron for uh, for a chalaka. But the funniest thing is, we planned this chalaka. We planned this chalaka, and, and we only, meaning we already paid for the big place in Miron, Shabbos in Miron, everything. And all of, my daughter just sent me a WhatsApp, whose son it is. She sent me a WhatsApp. She's like, "We're such idiots. We can't cut his hair. We can't cut his hair." It's, we're not unlocked. It's Sfirzoimer. So now we're not sure what to do. So we're probably going, we're going to go back for, we're going to do Shabbos, go back to Yerushalayim, and then go back for, back to Rebbe Shimon for the Chalakah. Don't ask. How did, how do we miss that? And you know what it costs to take a, there's like 50 rooms. For this, between her side and my side, my side and the, my my Adim side, it's not fifty rooms. It's whatever. It's 20, 25 rooms. Thinking of Sheva Brachas, I just made a shidduch with my original machut. Meaning, my my daughter's married to to the head of the municipality in Bnei Brak, and um, and now my son just got engaged to the daughter, the same family. It's called a bite. We're making a bite. It's strangest thing. But it's nice compliment for both families. Meaning we like your family a lot. We're going to do it again. So. Anyway, so what do we do? I'm, abs- I'm no one. And, and you'll notice, uh, I just want to mention another thing is, have you noticed how much Torah talks about Bithu? Bittel. No, Avram, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu is like on the Mikolodom, and, and it's full of like all the Masur and the, and the Maimre Chazal on Bittel, and Bittel, 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 Bittel. Why? Because if you generate, if you're not generating authentically from who you are, but rather you're, you're always living your life from 
what you cut and paste off others? Is that really authentically you? If your whole life was just cutting and pasting from other people because you'd get that pat on the back for like, ah, uh, good English, good medley. And meanwhile, we're getting all the good medley and the good English, and we're like, we're, we just went with that. That's what's working. That's what I'll do. Except you can wake up decades later to find out you have no idea who you are. And the reason why you don't get bigger results is because you're not generating, generating like a generator on an engine. Your engine doesn't generate from an authentic place. It, it generates from a survival place. A place where I would survive that no one should ever find out that I have no idea who I am. Meanwhile, Torah keeps telling us, like, get rid of who you are. Get rid of who you are. Just, just be. Kodesh Baruch created you with four levels of being. I'm going to share with you the four levels of being, and then we'll be done. Okay? Kodesh Baruch created you with four levels of being. Each one of us have those. And once you have that unique being, so then you go do but when you do from powerful being, the doing is received like nobody's business. When you do from powerful being, it has a big impact. Like right now, if I wasn't... Imagine that, that I was like... Have you noticed that you're listening very carefully this whole time? Do you notice that? That you're locked on to everything I'm saying? You probably think that has something to do with I don't know what, maybe my technique in speaking or whatever I'm doing. <laughs> it's coming from my being. And because the, my being has been stripped down to its core, to absolute nothing there, to the point where I have to ask myself the question, we're about to do it, four levels of being, until I have to ask myself, who do I got to be to be effective, to teach this shear right now. Who do I have to be to do that? The reason you're locked on isn't because of what I'm doing. The reason you're locked on to this is because of who I'm being. You got that? So let's do those four steps. I just want to give you that as an anchor. Here are the four, four levels of being. The first level of being is pure neshama, that's like your pure being. Like is That is your... For example, uh, are you all aware you're in a room right now? Is everyone aware of that? Yeah? You're aware you're in a room? Yes? Okay, great. Um, do you also have thoughts? Are they the same? Your awareness of being here and thoughts, are those the same? They're different. So, for example, be aware you're in the room, but think about a bird flying over the coastline along the seashore. Are you a bird? No, you're aware of being in this room, thinking about a bird. So you have awareness, and then you have thoughts. You are not your thoughts. Okay, everyone say, I am not my thoughts. Together, I am not my thoughts. Um, but tell me, have you been hijacked by your thoughts most of the time? We're hijacked by our thoughts most of the time. So that's what I'm talking about. The first level of being is not being hijacked by your thoughts. The first level of being is being with the pure conscious aware self. Pure conscious aware self is the first level of being. 
And that's always there. It's always there. And it's a place to live, like live from there. Especially if you're davening or... But start with that. Second level of being, we already spoke all about, the beautiful child in, the beautiful child in you. That's, that was, that's, that's from Hashem. Like, if you have a toddler, you know what I'm talking about. We've all had those toddlers grow up. Never, no two alike. You could have 40 of them in a class, no two alike. It's amazing. Each, each one of our kids... It's amazing if you think about your youngest child. It's, uh, you know, like that you went and had another one, you know. If you think about your youngest child, as you get to know them as toddlers, to imagine a world without that nefesh coming to the world, you know, that if that nefesh had never come to it's like, how could there be a world without that nefesh being in the world? It's an amazing thought. My wife and I, uh, when we got to having a, quite a large family, we were like getting a little nervous because we were, neither of us was built for this. Neither of us were built for this. And so, like, how many are you supposed to have when you're not built for it? But we're from the old generation, you know, we're, we're old. We, I have kids, some of your guys' age. And so, the, uh, in those days, you just keep having them. That's it. That's the way our community works. You know, just keep having them. But it was like, because when, when we when we hit a certain number, I won't mention numbers now. But when we hit a certain number, we were like, <laughs> we we're like, this is irresponsible at this point. We, like, this isn't like we we cannot handle this amount of kids, you know. And and so you know what we did? We went to obviously we went to a dying, discussed it with a dying, and the dying says, "You're good." And so my wife and I went home, and we were not bishlamus. We were not bishlamus. And we said, now, by the way, I'm not recommending anybody do this. This was crazy. You shouldn't do this. If your dying says you're done, you're done. I called back the dying. I said, we're not Bishlamis. But what we said was, you know, it wasn't even like a selfless thing. It was a selfish thing. We did a selfish thing. And what did we do? We said to ourselves, (laughs) so we don't wind up spending the rest of our lives wondering if we were supposed to bring another nefesh? Let's bring one more. <laughs> one more. <laughs> like we can't handle what we got, but we're going to go one more just to make sure that we'll never have regret that we didn't bring another nefesh. <laughs> and so, so in comes Yisrael Noyach. And he's like, he's, like all, he's like all the other kids put together in one child. Like Hashem's like, oh yeah? Hashem has a sense of humor. Oh my gosh, you're so annoying. It's like having a little CEO in the house. And um, anyway, but, but I, to imagine the world without, to imagine a world without our youngest nephew in the house is like, how could there be a world like that? So it's like, it's such a difficult cheshben to make the, these cheshbenists. Anyway, so the, I don't know why I'm talking about Yisrael Noach right now. I, I don't know how this happened. But the number two level of being is the beautiful child in you. That's where no two kids are the same. The number three level of the nefesh 
is called your koichas nefesh. You understand, like, our cameraman over here, my dear student for many, many years, so glad you chose my class, by the way. David Batulo is a very chashavid, and you're so humble that you sit there in front of a camera when I know how much you do for Klal Yisrael. So, so the, the, um, what I want to say, David, is, uh, to all of you, is that he has kochas and nefesh that I don't have. And I have kochas and nefesh that you don't have. You have kochas and nefesh that he don't have. You have kochas and nefesh that they don't have. But they're mamish, your kochas and nefesh. You understand, if you give me a hammer and nail, you might as well turn on the engine of the car to get me to emergency. Because it's not far off till we'll be heading to emergency and my, my thumb's going like, you know, like it's like this big and throbbing, you know, and like we got to go get it, get it set in this cast now. The, it's not my koyach. It's pushing up my koyach. And there, I know people when I need some work done in my house, Neighbors, that uh, just recently, <laughs> my daughter was locked in the bathroom. That was really embarrassing. My daughter was locked in the bathroom. <laughs> the only way to get the tools in and to, so she could take apart her part of the door was like, you know, my neighbors who are good with this stuff are like on a ladder outside the, <laughs> the bathroom. And my daughter, you know, my 16-year-old daughter is like, like taking tool, tools from neighbors, you know. And, and uh Shem, they got her out. Um, they have kochas nefesh that I don't have, but to put them in front of you right now, I have kochas nefesh they don't have. So each one of us has divine, what's called divine kochas nefesh. Divine. They're, I, oh, I, I call them kochas nefesh, or in English I call them divine factory settings. The word divine means godly. It doesn't mean God, it means godly. It's your godly factory settings. It's the settings God gave you. There's uh, nine of them altogether. I'd love to teach you a share on them. I don't think they booked me for that. But um, I don't think I have that on my schedule. Uh, but I'll, I'll give you the kids' version of the nine. So the nine are Chochmu Binadas, Chesgevur Tiferes, Netzach Hodisod. And it's very simple. You're e- everyone's either Chochmu, I'm sorry, your right side. Everyone's either Chochmu, Chesed, and Netzach. Or your bina, gavura, or and uh, hod. That's that's basically it. One or the other. Meaning you're either the flow type or you're the structure type. These are the flow people. These are the structure people. I was so excited to make it to this class on time. By the way, I drove in from a uh, a place called Keshernafshi, which is a Shabbaton. This is the first time Keratoni and Keshernafshi came together, and. Um, so I went up there for Thursday night shear and today's morning shear, and then I drove in for here. But me being on time here is like an open miracle. Because I, what do you think I am, flow or structure? Do you notice this class has no structure? Yeah? Because I'm, I'm total flow, all the time flow. I have no concept of time. I think it's May. It's May, right? It is May, right? It is May? Okay. The beginning of May? Oh, I think my brother's birthday is the beginning of May. Anyway, um, I, I really, I mean, it's a miracle I know what day it is right now. So I'm flow. And then there's structure people. You all know if you're flow or structure. 
I know if your floor is circular. I'm just looking at you people. I can see exactly whose structure. I can see exactly whose flow. It's your kochos and nefesh. You want to know what you are? Oh, yeah, I can see. So, anyway, every human being is either floor or structure, which now narrows it down because it can only be one of three things. So if you're intellectual, meaning if you just love pouring over books and books and books and books and you don't like people interrupting you and you, you're not interested in any real physical stuff, you just love Sfarim. So you are, if you're flow, you're Chachma, and if you're structure, you're Bina. Push it. If you're, if you're a people person who just loves people, I love people. Like, I cannot get enough of people. I'm a people person. And I run seminars with people and, and you know how much it costs to meet with me one-on-one? It's $3,000 an hour. You know why? And no, no one will ask. Because I just love being around people, like lots of people. I can walk for miles just to go to a kiddish and be with people. It's, I, I'm crazy about people. I just love them. <laughs> I used to throw a lot of parties growing up. I figured out ways to make sure that people don't leave. I literally, like, they, they just, I, no clocks for sure. There were no clocks on the wall whatsoever. I, and it was before cell phones, so no one had that. And I would just, like, once it started getting late, I would start doing all my tactics to make sure that people would not figure out what time it is. And so people were planning on being at that party till 11, 12, would find themselves leaving at 3, 4. People. I love people. When I walk around Yerushalayim, you know, I walk, sometimes I have to walk long distance by myself on a Shabbos. And I remember when I was younger, I used to say, oh, if someone would only come out of their house, I will make a new friend. And we'll walk together. And, and anyway, that's, that's basically Kochus Nefesh there. So you're either flow or structure. So you're either Chesed like me or you're Gavura. So Gavura people are really good at uh, administration of People, like an administrator should be Gavor. Should be. Sadly, administrators are often, uh, you know, they're usually Bina. And uh, that's why we call call them Minha Hell, the person from Hell. Because they're not, they're never people people. You understand? They're, They're like, whatever, they were really good in school, you know, because... People are really good in school. They love sparring. They love ideas. But being a minha hell or a minha hellis is to be with people. And it's the wrong cost of nefesh. A minha hell is supposed to be gavura. Um, and to tell you the truth, it's not. It's really to be teferis. Um, but I'm not going to bring up the middle kav because the middle kav is so unique. It's like one in a hundred. One in a hundred, so it's not right in here to talk about the middle kav. Das is one in a thousand. Ferris one in a hundred, and Yesod is like, like one in thirty, something like that. One in forty. So it's uh, maybe one in fifty is Yesod personalities. And you'll notice that whenever you meet one of those people, they're always in in management. Why? Why would the management people always be either Das, Chesed, or Yesod? Because you have to handle all the people. Well, what are all the people? Well, they're either floor or structure. But if you're one or the other, you're going to be so angry at your flow people for being irresponsible. 
And you'll wind up filling your company with structured people because they're responsible. And then your company tanks because no one wants to work with them. Because they can't think out of the box. They don't know how to deal with spontaneity. They don't know, they don't know how to laugh the way God does. Mantrach got laugh. They don't know how to deal with that. And so after a while, the company tanks. The word tanks means it fails. The company tanks because you filled your ent- every seat in the company with someone from the left side, from structure, which is no way to run anything. God doesn't run the world that way. He runs the world with flow and structure. That's how the world works, with very few people in management. Right? You can have 500 people with one manager. Now, the... Um, and by the way, I hired in my company, in the possible you, I hired people for every seat. I'm not in any of those seats, any of those top seats. I hired people for those seats. I do this. Hello, everybody. And I speak. And that's my thing. And, and the company's running because I hired people for the other seats. And they just send me around and hope I come on time. Now, um, and the final three are the Netzach uh, Hodisod. You know what we're talking about right now? We're on the third level of, everyone say being. Third level of being. Remember what I said before, that when we turned three and a half, four, and we started cutting and pasting to try to be like other people? Was that in doing or being? What, what was that when we, when we were? That was all doing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do like them. I'll do like them. Like maybe if I do, I will be. Like, uh, it's like Auschwitz, your life. Like if I do, 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 maybe then I'll be. Except it ne- you never get to the being part. But when you generate from being, there's four levels of being. The Shuma, the beautiful child, which we all have to discover, like I had to discover back my child, because I dropped him when I became from. I told you that story of rediscovering my child. And then, um, and now we're on Kol Nefesh. So the, th- the third level of being is Kol Nefesh. You're either flow or structure. If you're flow or structure, you're either going to be the intellectual type, the interpersonal type, or the third type, which is Netzach which is the instinctual type. Instinctual, like instinct. Like an, the, does the deer have instincts? If you're walking through the woods, who do you think finds out about the deer first? Deer, who finds out about who first, the deer or you? Deer knows you're there because it has what? I wouldn't say instincts. It says instincts. It has instincts. And instincts are, are the bodies. Your instincts are your bodies. Like, like if, if, you, if you drop your keys... If you drop your car keys, you're going to go like that. You'll probably catch them. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But if you drop your car keys, you'll go like that. What is that? Instincts. Some people are instincts people. Intellectuals, when they drop their uh, keys, they may go like that, but the keys have already hit the floor. You know, if I, if I, um, I don't want to pick on anybody because I know also whether you're intellect, interpersonal, or instinct. All the interpersonals here are relating to me very much right now. 
the instincts are usually a little bigger, and I'll probably see them in Schwitz. And the and the um, and the the intellectuals in the room are waiting for me to say something. They're still not sure what this class is about. <laughs> you can watch it on tour anytime. Maybe you'll figure it out after a while. Anyway, the um, so the instinct people are more physical. They they interface with the world. They're the builders. They're the one in the Lincoln Navigators. They're the they're the uh, they're the the aerobics going to the aerobics class. They're they're good with their hands. They like to shape things or build things or paint things or you know they they want to get in it. You know they like finger paint and they want they they want to touch it. And feel it. We need those people. Someone's got to make a chunk. Yeah, this is the Ribshayas. All the Ribshayas are total. They're all um, you know, Nahis, Netzakhodisod types. They're all Nahis. And that's, that's the whole thing. Is, and that's the beauty of the Ribshayas. Is let's celebrate those guys for a change. We're always, we gave years and years of COVID to the intellectuals, which is, you should know, it's, in percentages, it's 10%. 10%, 45, 45 of humanity. Makes sense, too. Like, well, how many people we need figuring everything out? Meaning, how much people does Hashem need? You don't need that many people figuring everything out. Too many cooks in the kitchen. It's all you need is... Yeah, we're, we're up in time, so I'll, I'll, I'll finish. But you, you hop that there's... I, don't, I had no idea what time it is. I think I know what time it is. Um, I just want to tell you all, so you don't leave here confused... Is that is that you have uh, an order, an order. So I'm a two, three, one. I'm mostly people. Then I'll be going to the Schwitz, and then I'll be opening up my Dafyomi. Okay, you have two, three, one. Some people are one, two, three. Some people are one, three, two. Thankfully, I'm married to a two, three, one, but she's much more one than I am, and she's written Sfarim, and she's like. She's like super intellectual, but she's not intellectual. She's a two, three, one. She's interpersonal, instinctual, and intellectual. It's just that her one's much more than my one is. So you always, you do all three. You celebrate what you are, you stretch to the other side. Celebrate what you are, stretch to the other side. So also, I'm flow, but I gotta stretch to structure. And then you're in the balance, but that's not your, that's not your divine setting. Only those unique individuals are divine setting there. I'm, I'm always in the middle, but I'm always in the middle because I'm stretching to here. It's very important that someone never takes an occupation that's a stretch. You understand? Someone shouldn't have an, someone who's interpersonal should not have an intellectual occupation. Someone intellectual shouldn't have a, a, a interpersonal or physical occupation. And somewhat, and certainly if you're flow, you shouldn't have a structure in your occupation. And if you're structure, you shouldn't have a flow occupation. Because you can't spend eight to ten hours a day suffering. Stretching, sorry. You'll come out rubber. Okay, and, uh, I, I can't, I can't go on with the last, the last number. I'm not gonna tell you what it is, but the last, there's a fourth level of being, which is just called, I call it klebiada yotzer, to be a vessel before Hashem. So let's say I gotta go meet my kids Minahel. And I'm not, 
I need to be, I need the men of hell to do, he thinks my son's in trouble. I need the men of hell working double time for my kid. You understand? I need the men of hell working, who works for who? I'm paying, I'm paying tuition. He works for me, not vice versa. So I need to wear a being for the doing of talking to the men of hell. That's not natural to me. So we always have that, a klebiotiosa. So number four, everyone say klebiotiosa. Is that I can create a being, abarakadabara. I will declare this being, and then I'll go for 15 minutes and wear that being for the 15 minutes. When I'm on a plane, I wear helpful because people can't get their stuff up over the overhead. I will. I don't just sit there and watch them struggle. I get up and help because I'm helpful. Now, am I naturally helpful? No. I grew up with two living housekeepers. I don't help much naturally. But I create the being. I don't naturally deal with men of hells, but I create the being. That's number four. Shalom, everybody. Hatzluchen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.